Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about pop culture media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as, by, jo- whoa, joined as always by my delightful and very covered co-host, Batman. <laughs> Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, tell a friend. Um, also, uh, in this time where theaters are actually starting to reopen, remember, don't go to a theater if you have a fever, if you have a cough, if you have an unrelenting urge to talk during movies, <laughs> shortness of breath, the phone addiction at such a level that you can't man- get through an hour and a half movie without whipping it out every five minutes to check Snapchat. Or aching toes. Or to uh, translate something that is speaking of the movie we just talked about. No. Google Translate is an acceptable use of your phone during a movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason I said bound up is because Matt uh, just spent some time on airplanes the past couple of days so yep. he is he's got his mask just kind of lowered a little bit to talk and he's got gloves on yep. he's not allowed to touch anything yep because we care about my father and i don't want him to die <laughs> yep all right there's two announcements okay kind of kind of businessy announcements okay first one we uh we got copyright struck with our catwoman booze and booze mm-hmm. um and from what i've read warner brothers is fucking brutal with that yeah I bet. uh them and disney uh so i don't know if we're gonna be able to actually ever do i don't, we don't know what we're gonna do with that we're trying to figure out what we can do to warp it um but we might not have the catwoman one but the next booze and booze we are going to do video so we might be able to it might actually work uh mm-hmm. to where we actually have the primary video is actually us reacting uh-huh. um and then we'll have the little clips in the bottom right because Fair use says that if the primary entertainment is original, then it is fair use. But I think there's enough of the movie that's just being like Andrew actually kind of particularly chose certain clips to at least to where they're if they're watching it, they're still kind of getting the plot of the movie. Uh-huh. We're going to try to recut that to where it's just the funny parts. I understand now why Warner Brothers wouldn't want people to see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're, gonna, we're working on that. It was up for a day. Uh, before Hope someone saw it before it got copyright struck uh so we're gonna figure out what we're gonna do with that the other thing is uh i am changing i've changed the um patreon stuff mm-hmm. um to actually incentivize people to uh, like do the first level of patreon which is two dollars a month uh we're actually doing something that will give something worth two dollars a month uh and that is going to be weekly updates on our projects all of our active projects mm-hmm. um my goal is to have two of those actually have a valid update every week because okay. uh, sometimes people just get busy. Andrew's busy. Um, but Ross will at least get an update every week, mm-hmm. barring miscellaneous stuff. We didn't meet the, uh, Nick and I didn't meet this week. Um, so there won't be an update for that, but uh, it's just going to be updates on um, where our projects are at. The mm-hmm. The first post actually has kind of like a little breakdown of what each of the projects are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the f- post this week, most recent post when this was released um has the first update of where each of them are Mm -hmm. and then this next one will be an update of what's changed uh so weekly hopefully i can remember uh on wednesdays i will post a update on where each of our projects are go ahead and throw two dollars at us every month it's really not that much like after maybe like if one person does it after a year we can go get We'll go watch a movie for free. Yeah. Um. So uh, get if, on that because we want to see Tenet. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna wait until the money is stacked up to where we can buy two tickets before we go see Tenet. That's God no. <laughs> um. But 
I think uh, if we get like two or three people just throwing six bucks a month in there, then every every year we'll get to see maybe two or a uh, movie or two uh, recommended by people. Yeah. Um, so and that means more content. It's a it's a cycle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, uh, that's the only one I'm promoting. I'm not suggesting you guys get the other two levels that are like five and ten dollars a month. But you should. But you should. No, you shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, once we actually get people subscribing to that first level and there is something of substance that we can then put a little bit more effort into our creative works, mm-hmm. then the creative works will be able to get released to those other levels of patrons. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the plan at least. So if you're just on level one, you get to see the updates. Uh, I would say maybe two of the active projects anyone will be able to see, uh, but probably the other three we might actually keep to patron patrons. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so go check out our Patreon. Actually, like go look at the Patreon and see what we're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, I'm gonna need you to tell me what uh, how your little clickbait, classical music clickbait thing, mm-hmm. like where that is, so I can at least put that in the okay. Because right now I just have that fucking saying nothing. <laughs> it so, exists. It exists in some some form. Yeah, there are notes on my computer. Matt has a huge tendency of starting projects and moving around to different projects, so. His little slot on that update will probably change projects <laughs> like oh, every couple yeah. weeks. Yeah. So well, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're working on something. Which I never am because I don't have time. Yeah, but... that's true. That's a conversation you and I are having after. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Go go do that. Go check out our Patreon. Actually, actually go check out our Patreon. Yeah. There's stuff there. I should have said that at the beginning. Probably. Maybe you could just like check this at the, check this at the beginning. Maybe I can. Find a place. Yeah. Now back to the episode, wherever Matt puts this. Ha ha! All right. Uh, Matt, what you been up? This is a, this is a, um, the condiment episode. Yeah. Because it's been... I'm going to have to scroll back through our entire library to th- figure out which ones we've already used. Probably put that on our, the doc, Word doc somewhere. Yeah, there. that'd be useful. Uh, but yeah, no, it's been about, what, two and a half weeks since... Week and a half? Two weeks? We, yeah. Because um, we did the two, two back-to-back, and then... Yeah, and then I was out of town for a week and a half, yeah. and then... So it's been about two weeks, so that warrants a uh, a condiment episode. Yes, because I've been up to a lot. I've been up to a little bit. So we're gonna get, we're gonna dig into this, Matt. Past two weeks, what you been up to? Um, well, I got to see my family. You it was did. very nice. I went home to Oregon, and we... I wonder if that's gonna get picked up. When I was watching a movie upstairs, apparently, and it's it's quite the rumble from down here. Honestly, if that didn't get picked up, it's not going to get picked up at all. So yeah. I wonder if that got picked yeah. up. Otherwise, it's a nice little background track. Give yeah. us some uh, intensity. Yeah. Um, How's your family? Yeah, it was great. It was good. Um, we had a uh, my mom's side of the family all lives in Oregon, so we had a nice socially distant barbecue. Everyone nice. sat outside. Most people wore masks. My um, chair went too far. Yes, it did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, summer in Oregon is really lovely. It was like mid seventies the whole time we were there, and just must be fucking nice. It was great. You know about today, I'm assuming. I've been outside today. Yeah. Heat index of 115. Yeah. I stepped out onto my porch, which is shaded, yep. and ow. <laughs> yeah. Not good. Um, yeah. So, good to see them. Uh, Oregon is quite a bit more shut down than mm. Oklahoma is. Stuff is starting to open back up, or was when we were there, but mm-hmm. still fairly shut down. So, we spent a lot of time just sitting inside playing board games. Um, well, that's always a fun time. Yeah. When you play. Um. Well, we played a little bit of Ticket to Ride because that's Ooh, kind that's of a, a good one. It's a good, like, nice, simple one that everyone can get in on. And, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, me and my brother played probably four or five games of Dominion every day we were there. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. 
Jesus Christ. Yeah, he's really into it. So um, you, like, I, I bet your uh, experience with deck building game has helped. Is it a deck? It's a card it building. Is, it is deck building. It's deck building. Yeah. Um, it, it helped marginally, but Dominion is much more strategic than mm-hmm. the DC one. Um, and so Mark's experience proved a lot. But I'm just pretty good at games once I've played them a while mm-hmm. and start picking them up. Um, and so I got crushed the first couple days. Um, he took it easy on us a little yeah. bit, but um, then I started picking it up and I was able to give him a game at the end of the week. So yeah, I had, I had a lot of fun with that. Um, watched some stuff, not, mm-hmm. a, not a whole lot. Um, on the plane, on the flight to Oregon, I watched 21 Bridges. Oh, the Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, Chadwick Boseman. How's that? And he's a cop and he shoots people. It's fine. Level one. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing egregiously wrong with it and it's just an entirely watchable um kind of action thriller mm-hmm. type deal um kind of feels like there were two pretty good scripts at some point that got smushed together uh, to make an average movie gotcha so there's one about chadwick boseman and he's this cop who's um he's he's kind of he's right on the edge he's sort of dirty hairy but it's like a more modern interpretation where there's a lot more like are we really okay with this? Are we yeah. really rooting for this guy? But then it's mushed into um, sort of a, a secondary story about a couple of criminals that end up on the wrong side of a um, corrupt police deal and mm. stuff gets overcomplicated. And okay. There's there's a lot of good and interesting stuff in it that's just not fleshed out. Um, Do you think it could have been the same character? Do two movies? Sorry, I meant to say that part. <laughs> yeah, reasonably I think it could. Um, sort of the... Yeah, I, okay. I think it could have been. Like if they'd done the first one where it's like the Dirty Harry establishing him as a character and then do the corrupt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think that would have been fine. Um, Taylor Kitsch, of all people, is surprisingly really good in it. Who's that? Uh, Gambit in the Wolverine Origins X-Men movie. God, I don't even remember that. Yeah, he's uh, generally not a great actor, but he's... He manages to find his way into... Hey, well, he's just—he's got a really interesting character. Gotcha. And he's just totally underdeveloped, but there's a lot of interesting little threads, and they do a lot of storytelling with just little moments with him. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, yeah. I rated it a five on IMDb, but talking about it, I think I should bump it up to a six. Oh, okay. Well, that's a pretty nice, nice little turn of events. I the, uh, the opposite of Far From Home, dude. Yeah. Well, I figure so. With me, when I watch a movie, um, I usually go and I write after. We'll rate it on IMDb. But there's usually a wiggle room of about one star in either direction mm-hmm. for up to the next week or two after that. Um, and it's honestly about half of them wiggle up, half of them wiggle down. Okay. It varies. Um, so this feels like a weight whopper. Okay. Um, let's see. Wiggle upper. Wiggle upper. Wiggle upper. <laughs> that's a new Plexicon <laughs> edition. Yeah. That's, wiggle that's upper good. and wiggle downer. Yep. What's next? uh while we were there um hardly watched anything actually um the only thing we did watch that i also watched they were watching some tv show that i didn't get in on Mm -hmm. um but because hannah hadn't seen it we watched fiddler on the roof huh which how old's that one that was uh 50s or 60s because the musical's super old isn't it it's pretty old yeah i don't know um I want to fact check that. Yeah, you should you should you should check that. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, yeah, so the um, the the movie 
I, I mean, I'd seen the movie probably a dozen times before because, you know, it's just one of those ones that I grew up with. My dad really liked it. And mm-hmm. I think that's my third favorite musical. Third favorite musical. Yeah. Behind the obvious one, La La Land. Uh-huh. And the not obvious one, Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Right. Which should be obvious if you've listened to this podcast. Yes. I had completely forgot. Right. Because I never pay attention. Of course. Either. Right. Uh, so the musical actually came out in 1964 and the film happened in 71. Okay. And then so many revivals. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a popular one. Um, yeah, it's just it's a pretty great movie. It's got a um, just a very simple theme. The tension between tradition and quote unquote progress. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just hammers that to death, exploring it. And should I say Rogers and Hammersteins it to death in like a hundred different directions, exploring different facets and he's glaring at me help i hate you (laughs) (laughs) uh no but i mean it 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 just it digs into it in in different ways so Mm -hmm. um the main character is this uh it's set in a russian jewish village in right about the turn of the century okay um and there's a uh the kind of the main character is this the old patriarch of a farmer family his name's tevia um he's Super charismatic dude with big old sideburns and oh, um, lots love of sideburns, lots of good fourth wall breaking. And mm. um, so in the, the, like the opening scene is him kind of, um, so he sings the famous tradition song, tradition, tradition, tradition. <laughs> and kind of goes around and just explains the town and how oh, they okay. live and who people are and stuff. And um, basically explained it to the audience. And there's a couple of funny bits in there. It's, it's like, we always have our hats on our heads and have these little tassels on our on our shirts. And it's because of tradition. And some people will ask you, well, why did that tradition get you started? And I'll tell you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's it's kind of that spirit yeah. for that character through the whole movie. And he's uh, he's just, he's really fun to watch. Cool. Um, and so he's got five daughters, um, and it kind of centers around the oldest three as they um form relationships with young men and um try to get married um but each one is like a further step outside the bounds of tradition uh... and it's kind of like it's it's pushing him and the balance and then and then like the last hour goes really bleak mm-hmm. really dark Ooh, fun um it's good stuff i like bleak the, and dark the the songs are all catchy and good and and memorable the mm-hmm. actors are all great it's just it's really solid yeah yeah cool really like that one good um and then on the airplane on the way back i watched ad astra oh with, with uh, uh don't brad... tell me i don't remember brad pitt brad pitt oh okay and tommy lee jones uh... and uh donald sutherland's in it for about four minutes um Liv tyler is technically in it but she doesn't get a line of dialogue till about two-thirds of the way through the movie <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> even, and then it's like two lines of dialogue yeah kind of that's a bummer kind of a waste yeah um weird movie <laughs> there was a long pause for that one <laughs> we were yeah. just trying to like think of anything else that you could say well hannah hannah kind of leaned over and asked me uh, I, i'd paused it at some point hannah kind of leaned over and asked how the movie was and it's just it's really weird yeah there's gunfights on the moon and oh that's chimps right. in space and... that's what that movie is i was thinking first man no, that's no, uh yeah. I remember yeah. That's... That Astro is like 
Uh, it's like the the dad went to space and disappeared, and then yeah. you go find him. And there's and then, yeah, in, in the there's trailer, like, there's the gunfights. The... Yeah, it all kind of makes sense within the story world, but it feels like a sort of pretentious, theme heavy, almost literary kind of movie grafted onto just an absurd sci fi plot. Um, basically, the um, the core story resolve revolves around um, Brad Pitt's character trying to send a message to his dad's ship because they think that there's an antimatter unstable antimatter reaction that's triggering an electromagnetic pulse which is going to wipe out the solar system science bullshit yeah no just it's, it's so not science nonsense. fiction it's science bullshit yeah and it's <laughs> so weird to see this otherwise really serious movie about sons and fathers and um absence and sort of despondency let me ask you this This okay for myself yes and for pretty much no one else i'm pretty sure i'm the only person that has this problem is there a really sad father-son moment the all of the father-son moments are sad oh okay i might have to watch it for that boy does father or does really just like father stuff make me sob i don't know if it'll do anything for you oh it's just a very gray movie oh like it's, I mean, not visually. Visually, it's it's very nice to look at, very mm-hmm. well done. Um, the score is fantastic. Apparently, a lot of it was done by Max Richter, who's like a actual just like classical tradition composer. Oh. Um, he wrote some he wrote some famous stuff uh, on the nature of daylight, which I I know you'd recognize. It's the one they used the start and end of Arrival. If I heard it, I would. Yeah, I would know. I'd sing it for you, but it's kind of just monotonous okay anyway also uh, copyright we're yeah. gonna get copyright brought down which is another topic we'll get to in a minute okay <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so is that, i don't think i liked it very much but it's and i don't think it's a great movie but it's mm-hmm. an interesting mediocre movie okay. i'll say um it got really good reviews for some reason, but I think the um, it it kind of reminded me of Annihilation. Mm. It's very clear that there is this particular interesting theme that they're trying to explore, and they're devoting a lot of energy of the movie to exploring this theme. But instead of actually exploring it, they're just like setting it in front of you and saying, "Theme, uh... theme, <laughs> think theme." Yeah, and it just it doesn't quite work. Mm. so yeah okay weird movie though interesting i don't think i'll ever watch it no <laughs> i mean if it's just weird and i wouldn't really get anything from the father-son stuff maybe you i i just it, it's tough is to it, tell okay it's, compared it's to like was it extinction it's just like a fun like get drunk and watch it or is it like a movie okay is that a movie that would be fucking crazy if you watched it high no Oh, I don't want to watch it then. There's, if there's no like, if there's no weird way to watch it, or like no way to watch it where you would enjoy it, then I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. I probably won't watch it. I think it's worth watching, but just for is interesting it, reasons. Is it like a worth having watched? Yeah, because we've had we've got a couple sorta, of those sort of in that category. There's a few things like books and comics that are like worth having experienced, right. not worth experiencing. Yeah, I, like Nightfall. Nightfall's worth having read. Right. <laughs> I I do think this movie is worth experiencing because okay. I mean it is just really nice to look at, and it okay. the soundtrack is really good, and Brad Pitt does some pretty good acting. Um, yeah, there's just there's a lot of problems with it, but they're interesting problems. Anyway, All I right. think I've talked enough about that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I have watched two more episodes of Avatar. One oh, yesterday, you're just one today. Through. <laughs> well, so the problem is, last time we talked was like two days before I left. Yeah. So I didn't watch anything. And you said I was you would packing have a and stuff, to... and I didn't. Yeah. Didn't when I was home. Yeah. Um. Didn't have the chance, or really the inclination. I wasn't like called to it enough yeah. that I felt like whipping up my laptop and busting yeah. through an episode. Um. But then I've watched a couple since I got back. Yeah. Um. Including just today over lunch with my sushi and gummy worms the great divide oh man i'm so sorry i forgot that's in season one yeah season that's one so episode early. 11 oh you're on 11 yeah oh shit i thought you were like on episode like six okay no. you're further than i thought you were yeah i've been, I've been shipping through okay um bad episode huh so the <laughs> slogan makes no sense i'm i'm discovering that i've got a bit of a contrarian streak to me and i went into this episode like you know what? Everyone is telling me this is terrible. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like it. I'm gonna find some reasons to enjoy it. This is, this is. I don't think it's gonna be as bad as people say. They're wrong. I'm sorry. I ever thought that. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> I will comport myself in a more, <laughs> more accepting way. <laughs> oh my god. I was, like, mostly hoping you would actually have good, like, I enjoyed it, but that is so much better that you were just like, nah, you're right, it was bad. Yeah. Within 15 seconds, I was like, this doesn't even feel like the same show. It's it's just, and top that with the fact that people growing up with this show watched that episode so fucking many times. Yeah. And I've talked about that several times. It's just like, that's one of those episodes, and you'll you'll see them kind of throughout. There's, like, Mm -hmm. I think two... Uh, two in the first season and like one in both the other seasons uh, that they really just hammered because they're filler episodes. Mm-hmm. So they can do that. And just, we just got face fucked with that episode. And it just, with that being bad, that's why a lot of people got turned away from the show mm-hmm. is because that's all they saw. They're like, yeah. if this is a show and I'm like, no, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it literally, it doesn't even feel like the same show. Yeah. The, the characters are different. The, just a lot of the presentation is different. Um, it, and it, it also, I, I need to I need to do more research on it. Like, I need to find out who wrote it because the characters of Sokka and Katara are like both simultaneously uh, um, concentrated, hyper uh, hyper versions of themselves, and also diluted. Yeah, they like it's feel somehow like, both of those. Yeah, it feels like it was a. I don't know, it just it feels like a bland placeholder character that has been told to act like a parody of mm-hmm. the original version of the character. Yeah. It's just it's weird. It's yeah, it's not a good episode. The yeah. um the payoff at the end is probably the only element of that episode that's like mildly entertaining. Where yeah. it's just like, oh yeah, that whole thing totally made it up. Yeah. <laughs> I did think that was very clever. Yeah. I appreciated that. Um it's I think it was a it that last five seconds does fit with the rest of the show. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's a it's a development of Aang learning how to be Avatar and make peace among things, mm-hmm. and it kind of like it does play to that theme of him learning how to be a wise person. It's yeah, but you didn't need a whole episode like this whole t- terrible garbage setup to it. Yeah, just makes it kind of worthless. Yeah. Um, I, you've got yeah, Kyoshi Island was r- no. That was Shit. like episode three or four. Yeah, no, it's yeah. not Kyoshi Island. Uh, it's when you haven't gotten to our namesake, have you? No. Okay, you'll know it because you know what our what the theme what what we got our name from, right? Just us. 
There's an episode where like one of the previous incarnations of uh, the Avatar is on trial, basically, and Aang's mm-hmm. there. And he's just like, he's in prison. And the guy who's like the crazy, like, oh, I am the judge. Like kind of that fucking wacky guy. Yeah. And he's just like, uh, and Aang's like, cool, we have evidence that she's innocent. And uh, he goes, well, there's not going to be a trial. It's just you and me. That's why it's called justice. It's just us. And it's like, that's uh. where we got the name for us <laughs> for this podcast. Okay. Um, that's an amusing episode. That's a really good one of him trying to bring peace and stuff like that. That's a good okay. development for him. Uh, also connects him back to his uh, previous Avatar lives because mm-hmm. you mostly get Roku. I don't right. know if you've met Roku yet. Yeah, you, yeah. Met, you met Ghost Dude. Yeah, the Fire Temple. Yeah, uh, you most he mostly talks to Roku, but I really like the moments where he talks to previous ones. Mm-hmm. There's actually an episode. God, it's like the third to last episode where he actually goes back about four incarnations, talking to he even goes all the way back to the previous Airbender, mm-hmm. and that's a really cool one because you it's the only time you ever hear about hear from yeah the Waterbender and the Airbender. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I digress. You, it's I, so hard to talk about Avatar around me. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cool that he talks to Roku because mine is not voice activated. Huh? Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you piece of shit. Uh, I was figuring out the best way to do that joke for like the entire last 30 seconds you were talking. <laughs> well, uh, you're enjoying it, right? With yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm having fun. Yeah. And you're, uh, who's your favorite character so far? I feel like we're at the point where I can actually get a, a good... I mean, you asked me this a few episodes ago. I did, it was, but it was Iro. It was okay. Yeah, it's just it's kind of the obvious answer. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then I've been listening to a surprising amount of opera. Interesting. Which, which is ones? surprising because I hardly ever listen to opera. I don't really like it, especially not like just the music. Uh huh. Um, I think opera should be seen and staged and then i kind of appreciate it then i've told you about my experience with opera right yeah but you should tell the listeners okay i don't don't know if that's ever told gage gage will remember this gage was part of it uh so there was this girl that i was talking to back what was that junior year it was when i first got back from my suspension so that would have been june oh no my first semester of my second semester of sophomore year yeah um and there was this girl that i fancied uh fancied oh boy am i 70 he's dropping into the opera talk already (laughs) (laughs) that's a girl i liked uh and she was a ballet uh oh no but not ballet she was uh contemporary dance um and she and i was like trying to trying to like win her over and court her as you would uh and i wouldn't (laughs) and she was like hey i'm gonna i'm gonna be in this uh this performance eugene onegan uh you should come see it and i was like purely just to go support her and be the guy that was just like, Hey, yeah, I was there watching you and maybe get some brownie points. Uh, and I think Gage needed some sort of credit. Yeah. You have for to something. go to performances. For yeah. Music things. Fucking music majors. Uh, <laughs> I'm dating one right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, but so he agreed to go with me and we got tickets to it. And we went and full suited up because I'm opera. never, yeah. I'm never going to miss an opportunity. If it's like, if people like say, Hey, you should wear a tie. I'm like, Full suit up. Would you say opportunity? I would. I love that one so much. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> uh, so we went, and I will say about the first fifteen minutes of the sh- of the opera, I was there for her to just to get the brownie mm-hmm. points. Right. After that, Gage and I were so fucking into this show, into this opera. Like, mm-hmm. so what was funny is um, we actually showed up. I think on the wrong day. Oh. Uh, I think we showed up the day after we were like our tickets were like we it was for Thursday and we went uh-huh. on Friday. But luckily the upper balcony was pretty much completely empty, so the uh, maitre d maitre d is that what you would call them? The hosts, hostess, ushers, 
various names for the same kind of role. They the performing let us art to... students that they'd make take the tickets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they let us up to the top. And they're like, yeah, just sit here. So we were like the only ones on the balcony. And fucking pretty much act two and three, we were just up there going, oh, shit. Like, just like, <laughs> not actually loudly, but yeah. just like, like looking at each other, hating each other. Just like, oh, shit. Like, this is fucking crazy. And since then, I have loved opera so much because it is the epitome of good drama storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like, operas somehow have nailed that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think any other media has can do it as consistently as a uh, as operas can you just haven't seen any bad operas true that's also <laughs> i've only seen good ones uh but i went again to another opera recently and mm-hmm. it was just as like exhilarating and awesome and like fucking love operas but yeah no completely forgot that she was in it until like when i noticed her like right at the end like yeah. on the on the stage i was like oh hey that's her and i forgot that's why i came to this but uh which ones have you listened to um so right before i left i listened to otello uh which is uh verdi and it's basically just a straight adaptation of shakespeare's play yep um pretty straightforward simple and good i'd Mm -hmm. heard that one before a couple Mm -hmm. times and it's like yeah it's good it's fine was it english no okay italian did you understand what was happening yeah i I mean i know the story and okay um and then um I listened to two just over the past couple of days. Um, and for these, I would pull up the Wikipedia plot summary gotcha. just so I had an idea of what's going on. Cause otherwise it's just kind of music. And yeah. the thing about opera, I think, I think my problem with opera is I have always just tried to listen to opera mm. and opera is not just a, a, it's not an audio. Yeah. It's a, it, it's not a single, single medium mm-hmm. art form. It's, it's something you have to experience on a couple on, different levels at yeah. least. Um, and so having the plot summary there was very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple days ago, I listened to Tosca, which... Not familiar with that one. You should be. That's okay. one of it's one of the operas. Okay. Um, I don't know very much about opera. Yeah. All I know is I really like them, and I'll go to them if I have a chance. Okay. If Tosca is playing anywhere in like a 200-mile radius <laughs> in the next year, let's go. Okay. Bet. <laughs> well, I was thinking like... You said you got out the Wikipedia, so you got the story, but you don't get all those like tiny little like no. humorous moments. Yeah, I don't. Um, but I, I, yeah, I basically get an understanding of what the music's about. And mm. if the music's good enough, which it was in both of these cases, then I'm on board. Mm. Um, so Tosca, Tosca's a fun one. Um, it's set during, it's set in Rome during the early 1800s. Napoleon's cavorting about. There's all kinds of upheaval and turmoil mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's, um, it's got love and deception and torture and uh suicide and oh all the sorts of things you expect from a good opera i just did a did a face yeah fucking we need a video medium yes (laughs) um it's a so it's puccini composed it he's kind of one of the other big italian opera composers Mm -hmm. um late 19th early 20th century um music is really good (laughs) good um i was i was aware of it so i i mean i i know a little bit just about opera kind of mm-hmm. the history and stuff and I, I was aware of it from that and then i was aware a little bit of the music because you remember in quantum of solace james bond goes to the opera and all the bad oh you never saw quantum of solace that's yeah, i haven't fun. seen the first two daniel craig ones yeah well you're missing out on one of them i know <laughs> it's I not quantum see, i gotta see casino quantum i've said this before i'm gonna say it again quantum of solace is really close to being one of the best james bond movies <laughs> It's a mess, but if you were to reassemble it into a coherent movie, it'd be really good. I think it's something that someone could uh, edit, edit up, chop up, and put it together. 
maybe you'd probably need some more footage. Gotcha. But maybe. Um, there's a scene where James Bond goes to the opera and all the bad guys are meeting at the opera during the performance. Like they've got little earbuds and mm. they talk to each other. It's classic. It's very James Bond. Yeah. Um, but the opera that's playing is Tosca and there's a scene where it's kind of, it's intercutting between um, the bad guys talking, James Bond listening and then cutting between the stage. And then James Bond had like, he stolen an earpiece cause of course he has. And he yeah. cuts in on the conversation and says, excuse me, if I can offer a suggestion, you people really need a better place to meet. <laughs> Why well, was that Australian? <laughs> I, I've been working on my Australian a lot recently, and my English has suffered for it. Ah, uh, yep. Um, so yeah, he does that. the The bad guys all start to leave the building, um, and so he can identify them. And then the main bad guy of the movie, he goes to like intercept him. Mm. Um, and the music keeps playing over it, and it cuts to this extremely dramatic theme that plays after um, basically the climax of the second act mm-hmm. um and just does that with like the the no sound or very distant sound for like an extended mm-hmm. kind of fight chase scene would be really cool if it were edited in a way that you could tell what's going on on screen oh <laughs> um so i was i was aware of the music and i knew that i really liked that particular theme but i actually i listened through the whole opera kind of wikipedia plot submarine bits and pieces so i could mm-hmm. i could kind of tell what was going on okay um and man yeah the like music is is super engaging um lots of memorable tunes and stuff mm-hmm. and um the story is um i'd almost call it a thriller hmm. uh a critic in the 1950s i think famously described it as a quote shabby little shocker unquote shabby little shocker and that's uh it's kind of been the label it's attached to it it's um you know a lot of operas like it's it's got themes and morals mm-hmm. and big classic grandiose statements and um a lot of baroque opera especially is about like mythology and gods hey. and stuff like that yeah um and this one is it doesn't have a whole lot in the way of themes it's just a basically a straight up thriller it's supposed to get your emotions going mm-hmm. blood pumping and boy does it succeed mm-hmm. and i haven't even seen the darn thing yeah yeah sorry i, I thought of something if i couldn't remember <laughs> if I anyway anyway we'll go over that um, and then uh, yesterday I listened to um, Purcell's Dido and Aeneas. <gasps> the classic. The classic. The classic. Yeah. I don't remember what happens in it, but I do remember covering it in uh, Understanding Music. Which okay. was my fucking, like, <laughs> fucking art form, even though for, like, my art form, like, my elective art form, even though I was in jazz band and I was in Pride and feels like there'd be a better way to do that but yeah. red tape gonna red tape yeah um <laughs> yeah i remember talking about that yeah it's uh so that one's that one's baroque it's uh i don't remember the exact date but it's like late 1600s or early 1700s mm-hmm. um basically just takes the classic story of dido and aeneas and presents it in operatic form um it's good stuff um, cool i don't like baroque opera so much because it relies on uh, what they call recitative which, if you remember from your understanding music class, is Don't, sort of the... because it was understanding music like 101. Yeah. So it was like, this is a major chord. Yeah. It sounds happy. And I'm just like, boy, what a semester this is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so recitative is basically the precursor to an aria where a character stands up and it's, it's basically Italian for recitative mm. or reciting. So they just get up and they explain oh, what's going through their head. And it's a little bit, it's kind of dry. Yeah. 
Um, but when the music gets going, it gets going and gets good. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, there's the famous number right near the end, uh, um, Dido sings when I am laid in earth. And it's, that was, I think the first piece that introduced the chromatic descending baseline as a metaphor for death. Oh, interesting. Which so many songs and pieces have copied since then. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's pretty good stuff. Cool. So opera, opera, who knew? Yeah. Opera Winfrey. I was going to make a browser joke, but. Okay. <laughs> uh, is that it? That. Is that it for you? That is it for me. All right. Oh, I got to pull my thing out. Yeah. Did I? Ah, put your thing away. I don't want to see your thing. I'm sorry. I just want you to see my thing. That's okay. All right. End of that joke. Uh, <laughs> did, I ever, did I ever talk about when I ended, when I finished up Swamp Thing? Did yes. I cover that? I did? Okay, cool. Whew, what have I been up to? I've watched many things and I've read many things. Good. Uh, should I start with watching or should I start with reading? Maybe you should kind of intersperse. Get a nice little mix going awesome. on there. Just Number to make one. life hard for you. Uh, so I started, I, I watched, uh, I didn't start, I watched The Death of Stalin. Oh, I've been meaning to see that forever. It is a, it's an interesting movie. It, it's, it, it does a really good job of juxtaposing, like, it, it's an absurdist. So it does right. a really good job of, like, juxtaposing like goofy humor and like fucking very real shit that happened after the death of Stalin. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember a whole lot of it. I, uh, cause I was very inebriated when I watched it. <laughs> um, but it was, I, I do remember it was like, it was pretty amusing. And I also, I did, uh, what's his name? Steve Buscemi. <laughs> I didn't think he could be a serious, like actor, actor. Yeah. Dude can act. Yeah. Look at him. Uh, that was good. Didn't uh, you see his great turn as the, the tormented scientist in Spy Kids 2, oh, Island of Dreams? My God. I really like that movie. Uh, it's a good movie. Went to sleep right ha. And I, I could keep spinning my wheels and cover for you while you're up from the mic, but I'm not going to do it. I'd have principles, gosh dang it. I know you do, and I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Death of Stalin, not a whole lot to say about that. Um, it was It was amusing. It's a good movie. It's very much worth watching. Yeah, um, I have been meaning to see it since it came out in festival. And it's also a nice little history lesson because it's actually pretty fucking accurate. Yeah, I've, I've been reading Gulag Archipelago still, so no. this is uh, it's relevant. So. Uh, okay, reading. Actually, I'll throw in a playing just to oh, get rid of this right, one. I'm okay. playing Skyrim. Okay. Watching. <laughs> uh, I'm, I watched The Lighthouse. Oh, I've also been meaning to see that one. I... Could have what a movie! <laughs> you could have invited me over for that. You were gone. You could have waited till I got back. Andrew, uh, Andrew, and I, because he had seen it and he said he saw it, and uh, I pulled up. I was just kind of flicking through all the streaming service, and I pulled up uh, Amazon Prime, and it's for free on Amazon Prime. And I was just like, eh, "Fuck it, I'll watch it now," and, and started it. I'm so, I'm so I'm hurt. What a movie! Bah! Like it's just it. Um uh it's the god it doesn't i can't you're really struggling here and I'm there's so it. much so first of all it's kind of this uh thinly veiled twisted metaphor for the story of uh um prometheus uh-huh. uh with the light uh mm-hmm. it you know the you know that joke that it's it's a movie about um robert uh Robert Pattinson versus Seagulls. Mm-hmm. First half of it, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much him versus the Seagulls. 
Um, Willem Dafoe, fucking god of a man. <laughs> Just, you definitely need the sound, the subtitles on. Oh yeah, it's really hard to follow what he's saying if you don't have the subtitles on. <laughs> um, but it, like, just it's just it captures you immediately because for the first fifteen minutes it's all stagnant shots. Mm-hmm. So it's just like established. Like there's one where it's just a cliffside and you just see the two of them walk across, and it's like a fifteen second long shot of just that. But it's just like it, and kind of just instills this early feeling of just like this is this drags on. Yeah. But also it's fast, which plays in later. Like, mm-hmm. it, and it just, there's a moment, I can't spoil it. There's a moment where things just start getting weird. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of normal, it's kind of odd, but then it's just like, what the fuck is going on? And it does this amazing job of, like, so uh, do you know this true story behind the lighthouse? No. So this is actually very, this is a tr- based on a true story, it's a, Adapt, adaptation of the story mm-hmm. there's actually one um there's another movie called the lighthouse that came out a year before that's mm. essentially the same story there's these two guys that actually went out uh, lighthouse keepers mm-hmm. uh both named forgot their names uh, uh they're both named the same thing um and sylvester yes they're both named sylvester one of them's stallone and one of them's sylvester the cat calzone <laughs> <laughs> If you hadn't said that, that that pause would have been a lot better. We'll go with Sylvester the Cat. So Sylvester Stallone and Sylvester the Cat, uh, they're they're at a lighthouse and they like they kind of go insane. Um, basically, that's the only part of the original story that made it into this movie mm-hmm. because the actual story is like goes way different from what happens in the movie. But they do this really cool job because they're both going insane but separately. Mm-hmm. So. You don't know if they're both insane or one of them insane. And if one of them's insane, which one's insane? Mm-hmm. It does this amazing job of making you go like, no, he's, he's, sa- no, no, he is. And like throughout the movie, I was kind of playing with that. Like I caught on to that pretty early on. And I was mm-hmm. playing with that where I would like kind of do a mental gear shift and make myself think that the other one's sane and mm-hmm. watch it for a little bit like that. Yeah. And it's so fascinating just how well this is crafted to make you just not sure. <laughs> it's okay. such a good movie. You need to watch it. I will. Come over and watch it. <laughs> no, okay. I'll watch it again. I love it. Uh, I would, I'm going to put that in my top 10, actually. Wow. Yeah. All right. I just, it's that, it's those tiny, those, those tiny things, those details that I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I think, I, I, yeah, I'm going to put this in the top 10 purely because it does an amazing job of just putting uncertainty in the viewer's brain mm-hmm. the whole time. Like, all the way to the end, you're just like, I'm not even sure. Like, there's a thing that happens at the end. They're like, has that been the thing the whole time? Like, classic, like, mm-hmm. n- this isn't the actual thing. I'm not going to spoil the thing. But the classic kind of, like, oh, were they dreaming the whole time? Like, was it this the whole time? Like, is this fucking, what is this? <laughs> um, It's amazing. I hope I didn't spoil much for you. No, I have uh, no idea what's about to happen. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, So, I reread Red Sun. Okay. Remember how I read it and I only read like the first kind of two third, the first two parts of it. And I yeah. said, I didn't really like it. Fucking loved it. <laughs> I don't know what it was. There must've been something. Maybe I was like distracted while I was reading it and I wasn't mm-hmm. actually paying attention, but the end is amazing. It goes so nuts. It like, well, the, the very end of what like the whole kind of meaning is. Yeah. 
I love how they do that. That was really cool. Like when they start telling, uh, I could spoil it because people aren't going to read it. Yeah. Um, so the whole thing is like it's Lex Luthor versus a versus a communist Superman, yep. and they really go in on the whole Lex Luthor being the smartest person in the world. He's playing like eighty hundred, like eight, like a fucking hundred games of chess at the same time. Yep. Um, shit like that, and he's just overrated like, he, measure of intelligence, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but that they use it. Um, but they do this really cool thing where like Lex Luthor actually achieves world peace and everything's perfect the whole time. And he actually, Lex Luthor makes society perfect. Mm-hmm. No crime. Everything, everyone's got food in their mouth and place to stay and shit like that. Um, and then, so they go like in his descendants, it's this Luther dynasty and it's this descendants and it goes through like Alex Luthor. And then it goes, um, Alex Luth like number and then it, it like kind of explains to you how they change the way names happen over over time so it's like uh then uh J Luth and then like K Luth and then Jor L and you're just like holy fuck yeah and then the earth is collapsing and then they're like we need to send our son Cal L back in time yeah and then it's like and it's the beginning again where it's fucking what like uh 1940 no yeah like 1940 something Mm -hmm. uh ukraine which is where he land where the superman landed and it completely twists that origin of superman like it twists the origin of superman in the beginning but then it like twists instead of being space travel it's time travel where it comes from and it's just it's an amazing addition to the end of it. And yeah. I am so mad that I didn't read it, didn't finish it the first time, but it's so great how that happens. I remember when I read it and you told me about it, I was like, you should really finish it. The ending's <laughs> really cool. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad I finished that. Uh, I watched Brazil. Andrew's going to make me watch that. That's our next movie night is we're going to do. You know about, Brazil you know, the feature behind the scenes of the movie, right? Like what that movie's about. Not really. So the guy, I can't remember his name. He's the guy from Monty Python. Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam. Gillingham? Gilliam. Gilliam. Uh, He, like, went dark for a while. And then this was his first movie after coming back. I think he, like, went... Maybe, like... Maybe he went to a rehab or some shit. But, like, there's a reason after Monty Python he stopped. And then this was the first one coming back. And... The movie is 1984. Mm -hmm. But when he found out after he released the movie, people were like, this is 1984. And he goes fuck i've never read that book yeah it's just it's 1984 and it's so weird he's a weird guy watching it high is an odd experience (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i feel like watching terry gilliam if you watch him completely stone cold sober you feel like you're high (laughs) yeah it's I can't describe it. It it is it's a fascinating movie mm-hmm. and it's got a it's got an end. <laughs> I'm not gonna say what what about the end. Most movies do. <laughs> um but fucking weird. What he's, a weird movie. He's a weird guy. It's a fun movie to watch though. Yeah. Super kind of depressing. Also, um so the kind of thing the kind of the, the, the trend through the movie is that um it's a government that's one that's fucking completely inefficient. Right. Like all tiny things are completely inefficient. There's one thing where uh they're um like nineteen eighty four, there's this guy who gets like charged for criminal based on a mistake in the government. Mm-hmm. Um I haven't read the book of nineteen eighty four, but like based on what I watched in this movie, I can see how it would be what I've heard about nineteen eighty four. 
Okay. I've never read the book. I've never, I don't know what it's about, but with how much people have been saying our world is like 1984 right now. And then watching that. Well, I mean like the government and stuff like that right now, uh, seeing people's explanations of it and then watching this, shut up. Stop making that face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then watching this movie, I think I can pretty much get the gist of what 1984 is about. Okay. And so this guy gets arrested. And so the people arresting give a paper to the wife to sign. And she's like shocked. And she's kind of like signing it like on auto, auto mo- or uh, autopilot. And they take it and they're like, here you go. This is the receipt for your husband. And <laughs> this is my receipt for you having received that receipt. It's just like <laughs> stupid, like inefficiencies. Yeah. And throughout the whole movie, they're like that. And, I don't know why, but throughout the movie, I was kind of like envisioning this as a as a metaphor for a uh, inefficient actual like computer. Interesting. And there's a lot of things kind of throughout it. Like towards the end, it starts to lo- like that that falls apart. Like that's not mm-hmm. well because he made this back when there weren't when computers weren't like uh, commonalities in homes. Right. So like people wouldn't understand it. Uh, but now if this movie was made, you could tweak a few things in it and it could really be a metaphor for just a really inefficient computer, which is not a metaphor that art really does. <laughs> they do metaphors for like human conditions in such ways. Well, this is the, the metaphor for the 21st century. We're going to have sure. robots acting in movies now. We should have movies that speak to the sensibilities and themes that are relevant to the robots. They, we just have robots make movies to show robots with metaphors about robots and humans just leave Hollywood altogether. <laughs> <laughs> Humans have just exited the entertainment industry altogether. <laughs> it's just a new industry for the robots by the robots. That's a fun little. We can do a story about that creepy, creepy, crazy into humanity yeah. thing. Uh, so that's that's that thing I read or I watched. Um, I am finally back on my binging of the new Fifty Two. Yeah, uh, I got my hundred dollar gift certi- or hundred dollar gift card, so I ordered a whole bunch of comics. Ooh. So I finally got to read Future's End. Does the future, in fact, end? Yes. No. Mm. <laughs> You're no <Okay>. help. <laughs> so the story basically is um, 35 years in the future, there's Batman Beyond and Batman. Batman mm-hmm. Beyond is Terry McGinnis, and then Bruce Wayne is older. Mm-hmm. And so basically the entire world has been taken over by androids that plant themselves in humans and then take over their body and they're now an android kind of thing super comic-y um and basically they're the only ones left uh basically the whole front first issue is just them fighting off like the justice android justice leagues Mm -hmm. like and they're like really gross like they're pieces of their body with like robotic things coming out of them Uh. um and it's not yeah no they're not like torn pieces of their body Mm -hmm. they're like kind of eh, anyway um maybe i'll put a p- picture on uh, instagram that'd be a good use of our instagram um, justice losers pod at instagram.com yep i think <laughs> <laughs> uh so there's this whole thing and batman the batman are like all right we need to fucking go back in time and fix this bruce wayne's gonna do it because he's the one who's got to fucking do everything it's right. just classic what he is so he has this machine that sends him back in time 35 years to present day to stop it mm-hmm but they get attacked by the other Batman, like the the Batman of uh, Japan, and like all the uh, all the yep. all the other Batman, um, and they actually chop his arm off, and the the machine that makes him go back in time attaches to that arm. Oh. So it's like shit. Well, I can't do it. I'm gonna stick it on you, Batman Beyond, and you're gonna go do this. And then so he goes back, and he like does the whole thing, and then like one of the machines comes with him, uh, and he goes back in time. But <sighs> this is so comic-y. 
because he's lighter, like physically lighter than Bruce Wayne, it messes up the calculations and only sends him back 30 years instead of the full 35. <laughs> so it's a really, it's kind of an interesting like premise. Like, oh, I need to go back in time and fix this. But like, I didn't go back far enough and it's already Misses. started. I need to be fighting this as it's already started. Yeah. Makes it not, it's a new kind of complication to that. I'm yeah. sure it's been done before, but it's not the common way of handling time travel. Yeah. Um. So I was, I was kind of immediately on board. So that's the premise is that he's five years in the future trying to stop something that happened that ends the world in 35 years Mm -hmm. um, when it's already started. Kind of the main villain is actually Mr. Terrific. I don't know if you know who he is. Um, Sounds pretty. It sounds like a swell stand up kind of guy. He is actually a hero. Uh, Basically, the the whole thing is it's Brother Eye. Do you remember things about Brother Eye? No. Brother Eye is the satellite that Batman made back in like. I think the first appearance of him was like 2006. It's okay. kind of the center of like the infinite crisis and, cri- and final crisis. Okay. Um, so, uh, so uh, Batman and Mr. Terrific made this thing. It's basically uh, designed to, uh, it's the classic story of like, Hey, we're going to, it's going to help us with do stuff, but the, it's too smart. So it's starts to go like, uh, I'm, I need to, like I need to, my job is to save humanity, but unfortunately, humanity is the worst enemy of humanity. So I'm going to kill everybody. That sounds familiar. Classic story. Um, Tale as old as time. Yep. <laughs> uh, so it's that whole thing, and they're kind of the bad guys. They're not like really the bad guys. They kind of like lean in or more terrific. Uh, Terrific's not really the bad guy. They kind of lean into that towards the end, where it's just mm-hmm. like he's like, "Fuck, I made a mistake, and I can't fix this because mm-hmm. it's just out of our power. We built fail safes to stop people from stopping it." And so he's kind of put as a bad guy, but he's not really. Yeah. Um, but overarching, this is a not as good version of Batman Eternal. Okay. Where it is a large 52 issue thing dedicated to using underutilized characters. Okay. But the problem is with Batman Eternal, all these characters have a very specific role to play. Right. So Ratcatcher is there because he needs to actually infiltrate the uh, food supplies. No one else can really do that but Ratcatcher. Mm-hmm. You can't have anyone else control the traffics like Signalmaster. They're, these are their, what they do. These, they're right. placed in these for specific roles. You can't replace them. With New 52, you have all these characters that are underutilized characters. Flashback to uh, um, when I did the New 52 episode, how... Uh, sidetrack, real quick. Um, Andrew and I are exploring a new... Uh, uh, method for doing comic reviews mm-hmm. we think we're going to do kind of like an unraveled the um brian david gilbert kind of style where mm. he's in front of like screen talking because yeah. with something like this there's a lot of background i would need to explain yeah um uh, but so basically the new 52 had this idea where they're only gonna have new uh, 52 lines running at any given point mm-hmm. and so they would cancel like uh the worst ones going so you get the uh, the stories like mr terrific and then the frankenstein agents of shade like that are pretty good, but they're not the big flagship ones. So people don't right. buy them. So they cancel them. Um, but these are the characters that kind of get utilized through new 52. The problem is you can replace them and the story wouldn't change. Right. Uh, and you feel that you're like, Frankenstein's doing this thing, but it could be fucking anybody like amethyst is doing something, but it could be anybody like they tie elements of their history into it, but it's yeah. not, doesn't really need to happen. Okay. Um, so as opposed to Batman Eternal, you could say it's Batman that goes on for a really, really long time, but eventually <laughs> it does in fact eventually end. Eventually it does. <laughs> um, but there are some really interesting story plot, uh, story plot. There are some interesting plot threads. Um, the whole um, Terry McGinnis in the back or like, this is weird. 
he's the one who was sent back in time to stop it. Mm-hmm. But he's really only in it for about 10% of it. Hmm. Cause it's, it's doing the thing where it's like five, five or six plot threads going all right. at once. Um, and none of them are really all that satisfying. Like you, nah. you kind of want to go back to the Terry McGinnis one. Cause that's right. the interesting one. Um, and it actually takes a villain plastique who is a super underlies villain, underutilized mm-hmm. villain. Um, and actually kind of turns her into a good guy and she and, uh, Terry McGinnis kind of fall in love. And it's actually a pretty interesting story of like watching her develop from this like bad guy. She doesn't give a shit to, Oh God. Like she kind of, she experiences something really early on that like mm-hmm. really fucks her up. I hit my mic, uh, fucks her up. So it kind of like kind of tweaks her brain to where she kind of goes, Oh God, this is bad. Like I can't mm-hmm. be this anymore. I need to be better and kind of stuff like that. It's an interesting story, okay. but kind of the whole time I want to go back to that story when, right. as opposed to new 52 or uh Batman eternal you're reading and it flips to a new, to a different storyline. And you're like, Oh, I'm kind of sad that like, I can't I get to follow that one. But then after a few panels, you're like, all right, now I'm into this one. Like, right. They're all good stories. Right. Uh, and it's very similar structure wise where they had different writers write different storylines. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the the main guy kind of overseeing it was Brian Azzarello, who did Batman Damned. Okay. Um, so it's still a it's a good, pretty tight story. Mm-hmm. Just the writing could have been a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And the use of the characters could have been better. But it's. Uh, the end of it, it doesn't really end because it leads, uh, it leads into the Batman Beyond story, uh, Batman Beyond comic line mm-hmm. and the, um, um, the, 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 uh, fucking convergence storyline mm-hmm. like that. Those pick up from that. So kind of at the end, you're like, oh, they didn't win. That's just because it's not done yet, but, right. uh, it's kind of weird. Now I'm really excited to go back and read all the new 52 one or the futures end one offs. Mm-hmm. Cause we talked about those a little bit, the back back girl one off where she literally beats the shit out of Bane. Mm-hmm. Oh God. It's such a good one. And she's just like, uh, just like you don't fucking control me. And she is Bane. She's like, she has venom in her and she's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you and beats the shit out of him. It's like, fuck yeah, back girl. So I can't <laughs> wait to read all those. Um, now that I know the story of new 52, right. I don't know what the premise is. Ah, keep saying new 52 futures end. The whole story, the whole name of it is New 52 Futures End. Right. Anyway. Uh, what else? Uh, I started watching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Okay. It's good. Okay. That's that's a good one if you want to like... Okay, so here's the thing. I don't, I'm not getting, an, and getting into anime because I want to get into anime. I'm getting into the anime because I like good storytelling mm-hmm. regardless of the medium. Yeah. And I think you're kind of the same way. Yeah. Um, this is a good one. Okay. Um, I'd recommend like if you're if if because there's a lot of really good storytelling in anime, mm-hmm. but anime's weird. Yeah. This is a good one to step into because it's still kind of tame. Okay. Like you, you kind of have to get your mind wrapped around the weird shit that anime does. But I mean, actually, no. The per the perfect step in anime is actually Avatar. Yeah. It's got some anime quirks to it that kind of like lead you into the the softer anime. Right. I'm not going to get into like the crazy like mech mecha anime yet because that's a whole realm. Right. <laughs> but Brotherhood's a really good uh I don't under I don't know the story behind the Brotherhood and the original one. I from what I've gathered based on what Andrew's kind of told me off off the cuff and someone please comment and correct me. Um I think this is just kind of a retelling like early on it's just kind of a retelling of the early stories of the regular one. Okay. Um because there's one episode where it's just one episode and it like fucks you up at the end. Super gloomy and depressing. Um, 
Andrew was like, get ready to uh, fall in love and then also get ready to have your day ruined. Uh, people who've seen the the show probably know what I mean. Um, but apparently they do that over the course of two episodes on the other shows. So I think, I think that's just like, they kind of tell some of the same stories, but differently. Okay. I don't know. It's good. I recommend it. If you, if you ever like have a mm-hmm. chance where you're like, it's got five parts, uh, okay. seasons. Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's good. Uh, well, it's, it's enjoyable. I'll yeah. pop that one up. I'll add it to my list. After um, I finish Avatar, I wanna. Well, I got a new season of Altered Carbon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to finish BoJack Horseman, and season three of Dark just dropped. And after season one finished, I was like, I really, really liked nine and a half <laughs> of the ten episodes, and I hated the last thirty minutes. And so uh-huh. I basically refused to watch season two. And then the trailers for season three started dropping, and I was like, Oh, I really want to get back into it because yeah. I really like that first nine and a half episodes problem is it's a very gloomy kind of autumnal show it's, mm. it's set in germany in the like november is when most of the main story happens mm-hmm. and so it's like it's dark and it's yeah. raining kind of gloomy yeah and it doesn't make sense to watch it when it's 100 degrees out and hot yeah <laughs> i need to get in the right spirit you gotta watch it when it's yeah. dark and rainy and so i'll do avatar and altered carbon bojack for now okay uh and last thing uh since i'm back on my new 52 uh binge uh i read i reread my green arrow line Mm -hmm. um because i have the next four coming um hmm. (laughs) you remember how we talked about that dan jurgens who wrote the death of superman line that he's not a fantastic writer Mm -hmm. yeah cemented that um I think I've talked about this before uh, that there's a point where he shoots an arrow and then solid two lines of dialogue happen before the arrow lands because he shoots the arrow at a guy and the guy's like, uh, I can use my telekinesis to hold up these cameras. You think, uh, you think a simple arrow would be a problem. And then green arrow goes, no, not excitedly. No, period, wait, period. You're sending it to the uh, to the tank. And then the arrow, the explosive arrow lands behind him to a gas tank. Like both of those lines mm-hmm. happen before the arrow lands. How fast do arrows go? Arrows go pretty fucking fast. Pretty fast. Uh especially if you're like a person that it uses it like fucking vigilante professionally. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be one that goes fast because you put maybe like forty pounds of pressure on that bow. You make arrow go fast. You make arrow go fast. Not fast as a speeding bullet, but fast. But fast. Uh so like both those lines happen. And also just the fact that he goes, No, wait, you're sending it to the tank. <laughs> Hooray. Oh no, it's gonna blow up. Um so there's that. Then there was like the art. There wasn't much attention paid to the art. There's mm-hmm. one point where a person is holding something up, but you see kind of their, sh- they're, they're facing, I guess, away from the perspective. So you kind of see their shoulder and like part of their head mm-hmm. and their hand holding it up in kind of the middle of the frame to Ollie. Uh, they wear black gloves, but the hand was painted green because someone wasn't paying attention to whose hand that actually was. Right. And it just like, I noticed that and it, yeah when you notice something like that you're just like what the fuck else could go wrong like what else is wrong in this and so you start looking for those and you find those tiny little details that are just like the misalignments of painting and it's like 
attention wasn't paid to this. Like this was probably just cranked out because they just needed to crank it out. Like you got the good artists and stuff spending time on the Batman and the Superman and stuff like that. And like the big stories like the Batman eternal. And you get these people that are just kind of, and, and that's one of the, that's one of the reasons new 52 failed is because you had all these lines that you needed people to fill. So you have these kind of people that are not really qualified to do such high, like high profile green arrow is a high profile guy. Yeah. Like you can't afford to just have someone who's adequate do it because mistakes like this happen and people notice them. Yeah. There's a finite supply of talent in this world. Yep. And so having that big number of things where you need to fill, you start hiring people that aren't great. That's why after new 52, when they were just like, all right, we're not going to do that again. Um, it got a lot better. Right. Um, so yeah, it's just, I'm, uh, Dan Jurgens only wrote the first, uh, volume, like the first, I guess, six issues. Mm-hmm. And there's no overarching plot. Like I like that. Like Batman, it took two volumes to tell the story. Yeah. And the whole time it was telling that same story from the beginning. There was the court of owls was the thing. Yeah. Uh, with this one, it was like two issues, three issues, two issues, two issues, just like one off things. And there was no overarching story. Some of those fucking characters we haven't seen since. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't like that. I want to read a story that's like telling a full story rather than just being like, oh, villain of the month kind of fucking thing. Yeah. And it, it's just, I didn't enjoy it. Um, I re, I reread, um, oh no, I flipped through Forever Evil mm-hmm. because I got the, le- um, the sixth volume of justice league, which comes right after the forever evil line. Okay. So I flipped through to kind of remind myself what happened. Like I know what happens, but make sure I know. Uh, and I started reading that. I haven't read much. Um, but it is, uh, basically the premise of this last one is like, so Lex Luthor helps save the world in forever evil. Mm-hmm. And so he goes, Hey, I'm part of the justice league now. Nah. And so is Shazam. You like bring Shazam with him, <laughs> and they're like, and what? He's, Who, me? He's uh <laughs> exactly. He's just like, look, man. I was like, sure. Um, so like, kind of the first moment he does that, he's like, he sends an invitation to all the league members, and it's like, this is our new watchtower because the watchtower crashes uh, uh, forever evil. Like, this is our new watchtower, and Cyborg goes, it is geographically the complete opposite side of the Earth from our other watchtower, and Batman goes. He does everything on purpose. Everything is meticulously planned. Like he did that on purpose. Yep. Um, just to symbolize stuff. And so he's like, this is the new thing. Like I'm part of the justice league. I help the world. Like, uh, and he kind of, he kind of gives this explanation that he's like, um, I realized that all of my effort has been putting into stopping Superman because he's an alien from humanity. When I now realize that there are much bigger problems and I want to try to help with that. And so they throw on Wonder Woman's lasso of truth and he starts talking and they're like, that is pretty fucking straightforward. Like, he's like, I just want to do more to help. Okay. And they kind of, and you kind of buy it mm-hmm. so far. Like I haven't read to where like the trait, the betrayal comes yet. I don't know what they're going to do. Of course you're sudden, but inevitable trail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so eh, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But like right now I'm just like, eh, I kind of buy it. Mm-hmm. And Superman's like, get the fuck out. And the guy who draws it draws Lex Luthor in such a pitiful face. I'm just like, oh, I've, I've never had pity for Lex Luthor. Shit. <laughs> this is actually good storytelling right now. Yeah, like, right. I'm, I'm into this. I want I want Lex Luthor. Uh, and then there's Shazam, who's a fucking 13, 14-year-old boy at this point going, 
can I still be part of it? <laughs> <laughs> um, and Lex Luthor hands over, and like he, I I'm waiting for the moment where like they reveal all the things that the way he's around, he's able to get around it all. Yeah. Um, but he hands over the codes to like the codes. Basically, here this is yours to Cyborg, and Cyborg like taps into it. He's like, yeah, these are just all the codes, like nothing missing. And so it seems like he's fully straightforward. It's probably going to be like, oh yeah, well I told you the truth, but like there was also like live omission kind of thing. Yeah. That's kind of the way people get around the lasso of truth. You got to yep. ask the right questions. Yep. And then he goes, oh yeah, it's the codes to everything except for this one hidden one that you didn't know about. Ha ha. I'm going to crash your thing again and kill you. I win. Yay. But no, he's it's so far. I'm, I'm on Lex's side. And they did a good job with that. I think that's where they want you to be. Yeah. But that's all I've been up to. Okay. A lot of stuff. What the fuck was that? <laughs> did you just flip me off with your glove? <laughs> yep. You bastard. All right. Um, okay. What else? We're in an hour. We should uh, probably do some news. Do some news. Things have happened. Such as things have gone. Mm-hmm. Speaking of things that have gone, Ennio Morricone. Hmm? He died. Who's that? He's one of the most famous film score writers of all time. Oh. He did Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Oh, and that's Fistful right. Of Dollars, but then he was he did Hateful Eight a few years ago. Yeah, he he that. was productive for like 50 years. Mm-hmm. Legend of the genre. He passed away at 91. Was it COVID? No. Good. Because that would just be salt in the wound right there. Yeah. No, he's just old. Um, funny story. The first I heard about it was actually on chess.com on the news because apparently he was a pretty avid chess oh. fan hmm. um he says yeah if i hadn't been a composer i would have wanted to be a professional chess player cool so interesting place to find that yeah uh, uh in home did we talk about in home yeah we did talk about him i said everyone should watch alien did we watch did i talk about when we watched lord of the rings because you and andrew oh no we didn't because you and andrew were telling me on the those episodes that i need to watch the abridged versions yes so we watched all three of the abridged versions I was going to do the the extended of Return of the King because I thought that that's when the Boromir story happens, but that happens in Two Towers, and I realized that halfway through Two Towers. Uh, so it was too late, so she didn't get the Boromir stuff. But she loves the movies, and I am so happy. She, Gil, Gimli is her fucking spirit animal. <laughs> I think I... Oh, did I... You saw the what? I saw the Snapchat. Oh, yeah. Uh, with the fucking... Like, Gimli with the Battle of the Black Gate is like her with alcohol as a joke this is like certainty of death small chance of success what are we waiting for (laughs) um but no i just i didn't realize there's one scene that i wish they didn't take out of the abridged version Mm -hmm. it's the death of saruman that one should have been left in because that what the fuck like with the abridged with the not abridged theatrical with the theatrical versions Fucking Saruman's just chilling in his tower for the rest of it. You yeah. think he, the wizard's not gonna He's fucking gonna try to go come back? Scour some shires or something? Yeah, exactly. Wait, oh, that's him, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, so he. Do- oh, that might be why they took it out because it's a new thing in the extended version. They kill him to get rid of the scouring of the shire, right? Because I did tell her that. I thought it was just a band of orcai. I didn't know it was him. Um, I told her that like in the flashback thing where mm-hmm. Frodo sees that stuff. I was like, that's actually a thing that happens. Yep. Cause they come back and they're all like war hardened and they're like, we're going to fuck you up. Saruman, get the fuck out. And he's just like, you guys are children. And they're like, shut up. And they kick him in the shins and he leaves pretty much. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I would like it. I, that would have been hilarious if just like they're there 
and they're like, Hey, get out. And he's like, no. And they're like, all right. And then they call literally the king of men. <laughs> and then everyone shows up and all the, all the uh, halflings are like, what the fuck? What the fuck? You know this guy? <laughs> Everyone's like, what's up, Frodo? <laughs> Oh, that would have been great. Um, they don't cover the fact that Amir becomes king. They actually don't do that in the theatrical or in the extended either. Right. I love that part. Just the fact that he just becomes king of Rohan. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> but it's such a good series of movies. Like it really is. Every time I watch those shows, it just uh, those movies, it just reassures me that this is amazing movies. Because this is one of those movies I always think back and I'm like, is it really that good? Or is it just like my blind like child like my nostalgia? No, they're amazing movies. Yeah. Another thing I've been up to, forgot. I watched Hamilton today. Oh, we're gonna watch that next week. Okay. It's the end makes you cry okay. when you know the story behind it. Mm-hmm. Like when they explain. Okay. Spoilers you know, for history. I'm not gonna. It's, no. So it's, it doesn't really have much to do with the history. Just know that the last thing that Lin-Manuel Miranda, who plays Hamilton, mm-hmm. does is not Hamilton. It's Lin-Manuel Miranda interacting. Okay. Um, so just know that for like that last little bit. It's very clear uh, his uh, Hamilton's wife is singing something mm-hmm. um, about like herself. Mm-hmm. And then he steps out uh, and does something. But that's the, the, the whole idea is that that's Lin-Manuel Miranda doing something on stage. Uh, kind of metaphorically so when you know that it like hit me really hard (laughs) because i would have just been like ah that's fucking cool but i had seen a video of someone explaining that Mm -hmm. without actually ever having seen the movie so i was just like oh maybe that makes sense and then watching the whole thing and i'm just like oh oh the tears (laughs) so just know that part um i'm disappointed with how they handled the election of 1800 do you know the story of the election of 1800 I did when I took AP U.S. History in 11th grade. Okay, so you don't probably know the full story of the 1800. <laughs> oh, my God. I need. I want to do – it's not pop culture, so I can't really do anything, but I want to do some covering of that mm-hmm. fucking messiest election ever. Was that the Corrupt Bargain one? No. Okay. Um, That's Andrew Jackson. Right. Um, The election of 1800 was basically – um. Aaron Barr and or Aaron Burr and mm-hmm. uh, Thomas Jefferson fucking going at each other in the newspapers. Yeah. Fucking I think Burr calls uh, Hamilton or uh, uh, Jefferson something about hermaphroditic, yeah. like something like in the newspaper. It's like he's not a man or a woman. He has like hermaphroditic something. And mm-hmm. it's just like this just brutal war between the two of them. And it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> for someone 220 years in the future um but they just they kind of skipped over a lot of that they mm-hmm. did the fact that like how how the two of them played basically bird doesn't have really any strong opinions he's just popular mm-hmm. that's kind of the whole thing and they kind of play they play that really hard they don't really talk about what they did in the newspapers because <laughs> <laughs> um, i was watching and i was like hang on do they cover uh, astro like do they cover 1800 and she's like yeah and i'm like yes and then when I got to the end, when uh, Jefferson won, and basically, so do you know the end of it? How the end of it happened? The, up until then, the, the law was that the the winner of the election the, uh, would become president, and the second place would become vice president. Right. And they're like, well, we have that. We could do this, but 
I can change that because I'm the president. And just fucking beams into Burr's eyes. <laughs> and, like, that happened. And it's just like, and once that happened, I'm like, oh, they didn't cover the newspapers. <laughs> but, no, it's, it's, so, it's such a good, like, I knew it was going to be good. I knew this was going to happen, like, because everyone does this. Whenever someone has seen movies mm-hmm. or something and they're like, I love these so much, you need to watch it. And the other person doesn't watch it for so long. I understand when the person who hasn't seen it goes, I don't think I would like it. Then at the end, when they do watch it and they do like it, you go, ha I told you you'd like it. I kind of understand that. Don't be that asshole, but I kind of understand it. Mm-hmm. But like, I hadn't seen it because I wanted to see it in person because I knew that I would like it. Right. And at the end, she was just like. So do you like it? I'm like, I fucking knew I would like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great story. Yeah. Uh, but no. And then anyway, that's another thing I did. Yay. Other news. Other news. Uh, Quibi may have died. <laughs> Before it fucking happened? <laughs> no, it, it, it came out in it April. Okay. Yeah. And has lost like a billion dollars so far. <laughs> yeah. Saw that coming. Yeah. No, one, no one's buying into it. Um. I think I was looking at the numbers. Netflix has something like 50 million subscribers and Quibi has about 1.5 right now. Oh, and that's including, they had a 90 day free trial. Oh, that's Jesus. including the 90 day free trial. People yeah. who are now dropping like flies now that yeah. that's over. Yeah. Um, so looks like a failure, but I think that someone will come along and do it right at some point. Yeah. You talked about that when that first came out. Yeah. Um, on, on my notes, I have Ennio Morricone and then a little skull and crossbones and then Quibi and a little skull and crossbones and a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, Those are your notes. I'm hieroglyphic. Um, we're getting Ready Player Two, the book, in November. What the fuck? I capitalize on the success of the first yeah, book. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. That, that tends to happen when movies come out mm-hmm. based on a book. They'll release a sequel to the book. Good thing it didn't happen to Lord of the Rings. Well, actually, when the movies came out, that's when they really focused on the collections. Yeah, and they started, yeah. They got the, the Lost Tales and all that stuff, yeah. like, rebranded. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, even even fucking Lord of the Rings falls to that that pattern. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll probably read this when it comes out. I um. Did you read the first one? I did. It's not very good, but it's a very addictive read. Mm. Um. It's one of those ones where I, I sat down and I read like the first couple of chapters before bed one night and set it down. It's like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. And then I went to bed and I was like, I can't really sleep. I'm just going to go, go and I'll have like a quick snack and read a couple more chapters. Mm-hmm. And then I was up till 3 a.m. reading the whole entire book. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That happens more often than I'd like to admit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cough, cough, killer be killed. Yeah. I need to reread that. I think, I think I'm going to reread that soon. Be a good <gasps> one. That's a good one we could do a review on. Yeah. That can be a standalone nice review. It doesn't requirements. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You heard it here. Nailed it. Coming right. soon to ears and possibly also eyes near you. Possibly eyes. We'll see. Likely eyes. We're going to do a, the futures in, uh, we're going to do a uh, trial run of that. Okay. Of that format. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I don't know. I'm not excited, but I feel kind of obligated to read it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, Lee Winnell, who directed The Invisible Man and also starred in Saw, mm-hmm. um, is apparently now attached to direct the Wolfman movie that Ryan Gosling's going to be in. Right. Yes, I did see that. Which I think is another good step in the right progress direction. Okay. I stand by what I said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did a he did a very good job with Invisible Man. Um, I making... have seen the movie clips, the ten movie clips on YouTube. Look, man, you got to just watch these things. Sometimes. I know. Because the thing about the thing about Invisible Man is 
one of the biggest problems with it is it's just a little bit too fast. There's just a few scenes where they needed to let it breathe in uh. 15 to 30 seconds. And so watching the movie clips version, you're just exacerbating that problem to all heck. Yeah. Um, great movie though. It's uh, still my pick for the best of the year so mm. far, but nothing's come out. So, yeah. far, so. <laughs> so who knows? Uh, tenant prove me wrong Please. or, um, Gosh dang it, I'm blanking on the name. Um, Onward. Go Onward. watch Onward. That'll be your top movie of the year. Yeah. I, I do want to watch it. Just Secret it's Life Pixar. of Pets 3. Are they doing a third one? Probably. Awesome. Well, we'll probably do a spinoff first, and the spinoff won't do very well, and then we'll the cancel the third one. Secret Life of Pet Rocks. <laughs> 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 Just fucking sentient rocks rolling around. <laughs> I would watch the crap out of that. Oh my god, there's like two. It's like Secret Life of Pet Rocks and Secret Life of Plants, and it's just these fucking succulents. <laughs> I mean, we had Secret Life of Plants. Alan Moore did six volumes of it. Oh. Oh no. <laughs> no, you did it so dirty. <laughs> uh, um, we got Secret Life of Foods. Uh, Never want to see that movie ever no. again. Yeah. Um, apparently one movie has been entirely created and produced during this whole shutdown and we're just now finding out about it. Um, it's, uh, I, I'm blanking on the title. It's something and Marie. Um, it's another name that starts with M, but it's a man's name. Marley and me. No. Um, Marvin. I don't remember. Martin something it's got uh john david washington and zendaya um and they have described it as sort of a lot like marriage story but with some um other relevant themes included Hmm. um it's not out yet uh zendaya just posted a picture on twitter and john david washington said some things about it cool um so i don't know i like both of those people and i'm intrigued to watch literally everyone involved in that production come down with covid and we just all go fucking stupid <laughs> well i kept things very locked down apparently i was reading like some of the stuff that they actually did and they mm. were like aggressively like, okay it, very few people were involved and, gotcha yeah um speaking of uh catching covid um i saw a headline that jurassic world 3 production had restarted and then shut down within a day because crew members tested positive <laughs> fake news oh. it's not true didn't happen Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like which like the whole thing didn't happen? Yeah, it's still filming. Oh, it's still filming. Yeah. So well oh. so I mean it had shut down for three months. Yeah. They restarted it this past week. Okay. It did not get shut down because Why? who The Sun. What article? There's an article in the Sun that then got passed around to all the usual suspects. What the fuck? Yeah. Comic book? Probably. Dot com, yeah. Um Fucking so, Ranker, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds like they're taking all necessary precautions and they will shut things down if someone tests positive. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. You gotta fucking get that, get that, uh, get those movies going. Yeah. I want to see this one. Um, they're saying that the, the original dream team with Sam Neill and Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum are kind of be going to be at the heart of this one. Okay. All over it. So, uh, it's going to be good. Good. Like it. want to see it. Uh, you know what I don't want to see? Secret Pipe of Pets. Secret Pipe of Pets. Secret Life of Pies. <gasps> yes. It's Life of Pie, but everything's really <laughs> sketchy. <laughs> um, I really don't want to see Bird Box 2. 
Oh, for fuck's sake. But I'm going to see Bird Box too. No, don't do it. Don't, don't give do it, in. Netflix. Don't I mean, give in. That was one of their most watched movies when whenever they came out with it. Because your average moviegoer has no taste. Yeah. God damn it. I feel kind of bad. Um, I was up at Hannah's parents' place, I guess, a couple months ago at this point, And um, her mom and sister were talking about it. And Hannah mentioned that I didn't like it. And I kind of laid out my reasons why. And then kind of felt bad afterwards. Felt like I was crapping <laughs> on a movie that they liked. Yeah. <laughs> um, Whoop. Shit. I full on. That, yeah, that was bad. That one's definitely audible. Mm-hmm. Kick that shit. Yeah. No, just, uh, I don't know. Not great. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I do want to see? Tenet. Tenet. Secret Life of Pets 4. Yes. That's what Tenet is. that's when it'll start Tenet, getting good colon, again. colon, Secret Life of Pets 4. Whoa. Fucking crossover, dude. Oh, it's because Secret Life of Pets 3 hasn't come out, but Tenet, Secret Life of Pets 4 is coming out, and it has to do with, like, time manipulation, oh. and Secret Life of Pets 3 is going to come out. It's going to all make sense. <laughs> gonna be great yeah gonna be good anyway anyway um i'm interested to see this uh batman gotham city police department tv show i saw that today didn't we already do that yeah but badly it's fine is it it's it's a my level one it's not on your level but it's a my it's i thought it's god i slogged through it Mm mm-hmm I don't think I ever finished it, but I watched like the last couple episodes or like last couple like scenes in the last couple episodes mm-hmm. to see the Batman whole thing. Yeah, but I I think it's it's an interesting twist on the whole Batman mythos, like having like uh, Riddler and Penguin be gay for each other, basically, and like just all these tiny little twists. Adding the adding Fish Mooney's a new character, having having her in there, mm-hmm. um, just little uh new characters and stuff like that it's it's fine it's gobs better than the cw shows okay i will say that okay um actually no i will put it on on par because because you don't like it so i don't i don't no problem saying it i'll put it on par with season one of arrow that bad (laughs) (laughs) it's fine it's like arrow season one arrow is better than the rest of all of the cw Mm -hmm. um it's still not fantastic, but it it's fine. If I had to, I would like if for some reason I needed to do an episode on the CW stuff, mm-hmm. I w- I would be okay with watching Arrow. Mm-hmm. I, I I would like the first. Co- I would watch all the other bad ones just to kind of let myself look forward to the first season of Arrow. Yeah, because relative, <laughs> it's fine. But what was I talking about? The Gotham City oh, Police Gotham. Department show that they're doing through HBO Max with Matt Reeves kind of overseeing, which is all positive Isn't steps, I think. Pennyworth on HBO Max? I don't think so. Where's Pennyworth? You know about Pennyworth, right? Yeah. The whole fucking show about Alfred? That no one asked for. That, that literally no one asked for. Yeah, no one wants that. Penny, um, not Pennyworth's daughter. They introduced her into the show. Hmm. Uh, Come on. Come on. Yeah. Um, I... I'm kind of optimistic for this. I think Matt. Oh, Reeves... it's on Epics. Yeah, that's uh, not a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> program creators. Guess who the pro program creators are? Rob Liefeld and Dan Jurgens. Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Not really. <laughs> are they? Though? Are they? <laughs> Fucking. Not really. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> Jack Bannon. That. 
fucking what's the Bannon guy, the security Steve, Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon. He related to him. No, he does not look like a. He's God. They really just they got nobody for that show. That show's dead. Oh yeah, I'm sure it is. Oh yeah, Epics is just a death death sentence. <laughs> yeah, HBO Max feels like they're optimistic about it. Okay, I have to do this every episode, I guess. Okay, did I not call it? You kind of called it. From the moment Disney announced it, I fucking called it. Yeah. You're a genius. I want this on the I want this on the record. I want the world to know mm-hmm. that I called this when Disney Plus said something. Well, if you want the world to know, you're going to have to put it somewhere that has a wider reach than this podcast. Hey, everyone, go and share that episode. Like, subscribe, tell a friend. Go find that episode. Do Someone. It. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Anyway. Anyway. Um, You know what I'm not sure if I want to see? Bird Box three, well, wrong, bad. <laughs> what? Uh, the Constantine movie that J.J. Abrams is producing. Yeah. No. What? Yeah. No. What? Yeah. No. What? <laughs> is that is that the, a separate movie from the Jail Dark? Yeah. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. What? No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Why? <laughs> well, if they're gonna do Justice Stop. League, if they if they're gonna do Justice League Dark, they need an Iron Man kind of character, and might as well be Constantine. He's kind of he's the important one there. He's not directing; he's producing. Um, Stop. <laughs> what's her face from the Good Place? Um, wants to play Zatanna. Uh, the one that would make a good Zatanna. Tahani? Yeah. Uh, I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> Not the best choice, but I can nah. see it. Honestly. No, okay. Who would make a good Zatanna? Okay. This is what we... I want to do this as an episode. Mm-hmm. I want you to make a full list of every actor that you think I know. Mm-hmm. And I want to try to, like, and you read them off to me and I would try to place, because we've done this before just casually, like, with this would our be, friends. This would be a good backup. A good, a good yeah. couple backups. So we could actually yeah. split it, because there's a lot of actors I know. Yeah. So we should do that. Uh, I want to put that on our episode okay. list. Um, but yeah, I could see it. Um, mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. I've thought about this a lot. Okay. This is too much. I have thought about this. How are they going to do backwards magic? Are they going to spell the words out backwards and pronounce it as they could? So, like, if mm-hmm. you want to say want, would it be tana? Mm-hmm. Or would you literally say want into a into a voice recorder, reverse it, and then say that? So it'd be to, like, oh. tongue. Like that. Like, some weird, like... So, like, Ross would be sar. You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut out those clips and reverse it. And that's too much work. I'm not it's way too much work. <laughs> uh, but... I would love to see it if they did the backwards because then That'd it's be actually cool. backwards magic and yeah. it, it makes it more sense why it's harder to do backwards magic than people. Like, cause that's the whole thing in, in, um, in comics is that the backwards magic is kind of one of the more basic magics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zatanna is a fucking goddess at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Constantine uses it, but he doesn't really like to use it, but that's kind of primarily Zatanna's power. She's, uh, her dad was kind of the, uh, Zatara was kind of the, um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Is the one that really made it mainstream, that made it powerful. Because mm-hmm. it was just kind of this underutilized thing. And then Zatara came around, which is like, yo, backwards magic motherfuckers. And everyone was like, shut up, Zatara. And he's like, hey, eat shit, but says it backwards. And then literally shit comes out of their mouth kind of shit. Like that happens. And then Zatanna learns it from her dad. Um, but they, they talk about how, what? <laughs> you made an accidental Amadeus reference. <laughs> I did? Yep. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, in the in the comics, it's basically like someone uh, at some point said, "Hey, I can learn backwards magic. You just say the words backwards, right?" And they're like, "It's not that simple." And they try to say the word backwards, and it doesn't happen. Traff. <laughs> that was my chair, but it sounded enough like a fart that I'm willing to let it slide. Uh, <laughs> Don't let it slide, then it's not a fart. Oh, gross. <laughs> Uh, this is yeah, the no, level we've sunk to i hope i hope that they do it the the tough way where like you yeah. have to say it backwards i hope they do it naturally they don't actually like say the words and then just have the editors flip it backwards because that would be cheap yeah but like if they actually make the actors learn how to say it um i'd like that yeah. that'd be kind of cool okay uh but i actually okay the thing is are they doing the constantine movie before the jail dark i don't know they need to yes for fuck's sake they need to have learned their lesson yes because I'd like to see a Constantine Zatanna team up movie. Like mm-hmm. those are two characters that you can really easily establish together. Yeah. And fuck, they're good characters. Like there's a reason Hellblazer has been, is one of the, like the longest running uh, comics, like in mainstream comics mm-hmm. around still going. Like they're on ish- on volume fucking 16 is wow. releasing this uh, either is releasing or, uh, soon or has released recently and that's very rare do com i don't think a comic has ever gotten to volume 16 walking like it's dead. the huh walking dead true they did uh and i think uh saga yeah. is up there but mainstream right dc marvel because they they end the line so much but hellblazer's right. just been fucking trucking yeah um i think i'm curious what they did during the new 52 because they that's when they brought in the new 52 is when they brought in with flashpoint they brought in hellblazer and mm-hmm. they had their own line but they're still releasing i'm gonna fact check myself on that you better uh i'm not entirely confident that those are still that, I, that, that, that they, they continued through whoops oh dear i may have made a bad claim we've spoken out of turn anyway i'll have to do a preston's erection correction or preston's Preston preston's correction erection section that makes exact section election oh <gasps> we'll do it the week of the election <laughs> preston's election erection sec uh preston preston's election re- erection correction section before the election we need to go back and find all of the mistakes <laughs> <laughs> that'll be a lifetime like a of six work. parter <laughs> <laughs> anyway anyway i could see uh james uh jj abrams can do things he did uh bright uh brightburn no no that was james gunn who produced that oh was it yeah jj abrams oh i don't like jj abrams <laughs> no wait oh no i was thinking he's just producing i was thinking james gunn and i was like oh, i could see it and then i remembered who jj abrams is and oh 
I don't want him to produce it. I don't want him to have a role that can control the way the movie goes because he's just going to, we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. I remember we have talked about this with, J- with the JL dark movie. Mm-hmm. He's just going to do fan service, but it's all going to be really forced fan service because it's even harder to get fan service. With like a fucking Batman movie, you can make a reference to Adam West Batman and people will love it. It's kind of easy to do that. But you really got to do a deep dive for JL Dark. And it's just going to make no sense to casual moviegoers. It's going to fail. No one's going to care about it. And then there's going to... I don't I don't believe you. Because if he, if he doesn't have like have obvious fan service to fall back on, he That's does pretty good movies. We have talked about he did that. did Super 8. He did Mission Impossible 3. Those are very solid standalone movies. He did 3? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. I don't know. I feel like there is enough fan service. With those other two, there was literally none. Yeah, but for this stuff, like I mean, well, he could he could dig into the the classics of like fucking even people who don't like comics know about the Swamp Thing stuff. Not really. Uh, more than you'd think. Uh, less than you'd think. Uh, probably, but probably in the middle between us somewhere. <laughs> hey, Preston's dad. Do you know who Swamp Thing is? He said, "Yeah." He said, "No." Now, shut up. <laughs> I'm not even here. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll just have to see. But DC also needs to fucking stop claiming they're going to make movies. <laughs> they need to chill. They're falling back into their old patterns. They are. I am going to take Make that the as, Blue Beetle movie, for fuck's sake. I'm going to take that as a sign that they're just really optimistic about Batman, and they feel like it's going to be a second launching point. Because they said the Batman's going to be even darker. The right way to go, if you're going to try to make Batman even darker, is to go jail dark. Yeah. Go to mystical dark shit. Yeah. The darkest stuff in Batman Eternal is the haunted Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. That's very Justice League darky. I mean, it's literally jail dark. Like yeah. it's just the dark world. Yeah. Send them, sending them everyone to hell and stuff. And dude, there's some gnarly shit with the jail dark, like bringing up like deities and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they deal with all the gods. Basically, in com- in DC Comics, every god exists. Mm-hmm. Like all these deities exist to some capacity. And like Phantom Stranger has been like is Judas Iscariot dealing with God, right? Um, and and he shows him God shows himself as a schnauzer, <laughs> and he's like in a Scottish accent. And there was a point where I think it, I think he showed up around Constantine. And Constantine was like, "Really? This is what your all powerful deity shows up as?" And, just, and he goes, "Fucking why do I need to be anything else?" <laughs> valid response <laughs> but yeah so yeah. i'm i'm very skeptical about that okay any other news we're like hour and a half at this point i don't have anything else written down on my little sheet but i'm sure i've missed some stuff oh probably you're way better at catching news than i am though all right okay shall we let's shall all right Thanks, everyone, for listening. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean. I've been practicing that all week, so I'd be able to get it right. Um, uh, we're on Facebook, where we have a Facebook, and we, we book the faces. Uh, we have Twitter, at Just Us Losers Pod, where we, um, I don't know, don't do very much, honestly. Occasionally, we rant about something. And by we, I mean Preston. Um, we have an Instagram, Just Us Losers Pod. At Inst- That's not how that works. At Justice Losers Pod, probably? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, something I I found. I, I texted you. Maria is free. She's Maria living free. She's living on a on a little like video screen on a gas station. Wow. <laughs> Kinda feels like a lateral move. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, poor girl. She looked happy though. 
I love my gas station job. You work at a gas station? Not really. <laughs> in, in a sort of metaphysical sense, you could say so. <laughs> Uh, where else are we? We have a Gmail, justusloserspod at gmail.com, where you can email us things. Yeah. Yeah. Email me a list of things that I've made a mistake on. Yeah, if someone wants to do that, if someone wants to go back through all the previous episodes and catalog each and every of Preston's mistakes. That would include having to fact check everything I said. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be an impressive feat. And we, for that... We would we would reward you by inviting you to contribute to our Patreon. Yeah. Oh, I want to talk about that. Yeah. All right. There's two announcements. Okay. Kind of kind of businessy announcements. Okay. First one. We uh we got copyright struck with our Catwoman booze and booze. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what I've read, Warner Brothers is fucking brutal with that. Yeah, I bet. Uh, them and Disney. Uh, so I don't know if we're gonna be able to actually ever do. Did you feel that? No. I feel like an earthquake for a second. I, didn't feel I think it. I'm just shaking my chair I now. think you're just shaking your um, chair. I don't, we don't know what we're going to do with that. We're trying to figure out what we can do to warp it. Um, but we might not have the Catwoman one, but the next Booze and Booze, we are going to do video. So we might be able to... It might actually work uh, mm-hmm. to where we actually have... The primary video is actually us reacting. Uh-huh. Um, and then we'll have the little clips in the bottom right. Because... Fair use says that if the primary entertainment is original, then it is fair use. But I think there's enough of the movie that's just being like Andrew actually kind of particularly chose certain clips to at least to where they're if they're watching it, they're still kind of getting the plot of the movie. Uh-huh. We're going to try to recut that to where it's just the funny parts. I understand now why Warner Brothers wouldn't want people to see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to we're working on that. It was up for a day. Uh, before Hope someone saw it before it got copyright struck uh so we're gonna figure out what we're gonna do with that the other thing is uh i am changing i've changed the um patreon stuff mm-hmm. um to actually incentivize people to uh, like do the first level of patreon which is two dollars a month uh we're actually doing something that will give something worth two dollars a month uh and that is going to be weekly updates on our projects all of our active projects mm-hmm. um my goal is to have two of those actually have a valid update every week because okay. uh, sometimes people just get busy. Andrew's busy. Um, but Ross will at least get an update every week, mm-hmm. barring miscellaneous stuff. We didn't meet the, uh, Nick and I didn't meet this week. Um, so there won't be an update for that, but uh, it's just going to be updates on um, where our projects are at. The mm-hmm. The first post actually has kind of like a little breakdown of what each of the projects are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the post this week, most recent post when this was released um has the first update of where each of them are Mm -hmm. and then this next one will be an update of what's changed uh so weekly hopefully i can remember uh on wednesdays i will post a update on where each of our projects are go ahead and throw two dollars at us every month it's really not that much like after maybe like if one person does it after a year we can go get We'll go watch a movie for free. Yeah. Um. So uh, get if, on that because we want to see Tenet. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna wait until the money is stacked up to where we can buy two tickets before we go see Tenet. <laughs> That's gone. No. Um. But uh, I think uh, if we get like two or three people just throwing six bucks a month in there, then every every year we'll get to see maybe two or a uh, movie or two uh, recommended by people. Yeah. Um. 
So, and that means more content. It's a, it's a cycle, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, uh, that's the only one I'm promoting. I'm not suggesting you guys get the other two levels that are like five and $10 a month, but you should, but you should. No, you shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, once we actually get people subscribing to that first level and there is something of substance that we can then put a little bit more effort into our creative works, mm-hmm. then the creative works will be able to get released to those other levels of patrons. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the plan at least. So if you're just on level one, you get to see the updates. Uh, I would say maybe two of the active projects anyone will be able to see, uh, but probably the other three we might actually keep to patron patrons. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so go check out our Patreon. Actually, like go look at the Patreon and see what we're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, I'm going to need you to tell me what, uh, how you're, a little clickbait, classical music clickbait thing, mm-hmm. like where that is, so I can at least put that in the... Okay. Because right now, I just have that fucking saying nothing. <laughs> it so, exists. It exists. In some some form. Yeah. There are notes on my computer. Matt has a huge tendency of starting projects and moving around to different projects, so his little slot on that update will probably change projects, <laughs> like, like oh, every couple yeah. weeks. Yeah. So, well, there's nothing wrong with that, as long as you're working on something. Which I never am, because I don't have time. But... Yeah, that's true. That's a conversation you and I are having after. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Go go do that. Go check out our Patreon. Actually, actually go check out our Patreon. Yeah. There's stuff there. I should have said that at the beginning. Probably. Maybe you could just like check this, a bit, check this at the beginning. Maybe I can. Find a place. Yeah. Now back to the episode, wherever Matt puts this. Ha ha! Thanks for listening. Bye. Yeah, bye! <laughs> bye. Anything can be music! <laughs> These are Mardi Gras beads. Oh, I didn't grab them all. I wonder if that actually made a difference. I don't know. Probably not. I would guess not.